All right, good morning, everybody. We want to just thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to go ahead, we're going to do this in a little different format than what you may be used to. But we want to go ahead and welcome you to what we are calling our virtual meeting. And so um, let me just give you some clues on how this is going to work, just so that everyone can feel like they're still here, like you're sitting with us. Um, we are monitoring who comes on with us. Um, we're about to enter into a time of prayer. And so the way we normally do our prayer time here in our um, services is that we open the floor to prayer requests. And so at that time, that's what we're going to do. So um, if you have a special prayer concern that you would like for us to be in prayer for, we're going to give you a moment um, Chime in on the comments and share a prayer concern with us. All right, I do have one that they would like us to talk about. Um, as you know, with this virus and the shutdown that's going around, there have been a lot of changes in what we're doing and what people are doing. And so it is creating some anxiousness, some worry, some fear with um, people's jobs and how things are going to go. Um, and so we do want to pray for those. There are some who have been notified uh, just because of the way work hours are working, because of new store hours due to um, people needing to be inside, that they are actually not being able to get the hours they're used to getting. And so they're a little concerned about finances. They're a little concerned about bills and things like that. And so we definitely want to be in prayer for our friends, our neighbors, our community. Be in prayer and lifting everyone else up. Um, we want to welcome everyone who's just tuning in and watching with us, um, especially some of our regulars that are at home. Um, if you guys, uh, like I said, have a prayer concern, be in prayer. We've got a um, prayer request from Brianna Alexander who wants to pray for the Western Michigan students being displaced from residential halls. And so that may be something that we're not really aware of, but with the shutdowns in colleges and schools, that is something that we may see, is that they're not allowed to be on campus anymore because school is closed for the rest of it, like it would be for the summer. And so they're having to find new accommodations a little sooner than they were used to. And so yes, Ms. Brianna, we'll definitely be in prayer for that. Anyone else with a prayer request? that you would like to share. We're going to close in prayer at the end of the message, and so you can still um, comment on what you would like us to pray about, and we'll be sure to pray for that. And so we're going to pray at this time. Let's pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this day, and Lord, we just seek you. We seek your grace. We seek your mercy. We seek your reassurance and your peace, Lord.
It might feel, Lord, like a storm raging around us right now. And some of us may be truly worried about going under the waves and not being able to come back. But Heavenly Father, we know that Jesus has made a way for us. And we know that Jesus has the power to calm the wind and the waves and the storm themselves. And so even if the world rages around us, we ask that, that peace, that calmness be spoken to our souls and to our lives. That where everything may seem in chaos, we are trusting in you. And that we find our peace in you. And we lift up those, Lord, who are worried, have fear for the things that are uncertain, Lord, for the changes, for the anxieties they face over being able to continue to provide for their families. Lord, we just ask that you speak calm into their hearts and that you be providing for them, Lord, that they may seek you in these times. We pray for those who may not know where they're going to lay their head. That Lord, you be walking alongside them like you say you will. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we just ask that you come with, be with us. You have said that wherever two or three of us are gathered, Lord, and there's several of us right now. We may not be together in a physical building, but we are together as we seek you. Just bless us now, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, like I said, this is gonna be a little bit of a revised format, and so we're going to open with prayer and have our morning message, and then just close in prayer. Um, then again, at the end of the message, you'll have an opportunity if you have a prayer concern that you would like us to pray for. Like the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered, we will lift it up, gather together as we are today. But we are gonna go ahead and talk about the message. And when I was thinking about what we were gonna talk about, I came across some pictures on my computer. and. I want to tell you guys a story. Um, I'm hoping you can see the pictures right behind us. But I am not an adventurous person. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I'm kind of comfortable going live, but I wouldn't consider myself an outdoorsy, adventurous person, if you know what I mean. And um, I have been white water rafting, interestingly enough. That one time was enough to prove that I should not be an outdoorsy, adventurous person. And so, I'm going to tell you about a time where fear literally was the only thing I could think about. And so, I'm going to show you this first picture. 
I entitle it Where the Venture Begins because I was not the first one to go down with a group of friends in this boat. And everyone made it look so fun and safe. I'll give you a minute to see it a little bigger. It looked like it would be exhilarating, you know, like those roller coasters or those drop zone things where they take you up so many stories. And then the bottom falls out and you fall three feet in three seconds. And in the fall, your mind can go blank. Worry can overset you. And then at the end, you're kind of like, whoo, that was a rush. And we're going through some times where we feel like we're in the midst of that 30-foot fall. And so here's a picture of me and my friends as a group. We are white water rafting. And as you can see right now, we are all in the boat. Thank goodness. And so right before that, right towards the end, we are about to go down what is called level four falls. Now, I don't know if anybody out there has ever been white water rafting, but level four is a pretty decent fall. And of course, you know, just like any safety precaution things when you're doing anything dangerous. For us today, it's always wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. But back then they said, if for some reason you fall out of the boat, take safety precautions. Put your arms up like this, put them tight, and make a ball. That way if you go over the falls, you may not break any bones. Now, I was being a little brave to stick, you know, to start with, and I was not fully convinced until I got on the boat that I was going to go through with it anyway. But I had watched several people have fun, and so when it was my group's time, I was like, hmm, what could happen, right? And so here we went, and then we're falling out. It was not as smooth as it should have been. I was like, wait a minute, what is happening? We're not gonna fall out of this boat, are we really? And so, this is actually me on the one, the far right. And so, you see the boat kind of dumping us out into the water. I was not prepared for that. They have actually assured us that we would not get wet. But sure enough, we are being dumped into the water. And then the boat lands on top of me. And you would think that that's an easy thing. It's just an inflatable boat. But with all the pressure of the waves crashing in, The boat seemed so heavy that I couldn't seem to get it off of me. Thankfully, I was actually on a rock. And so I was enough out of the water to not be 
floundering in it, but I was stuck where I was at between the boat and the rock. And then they throw a rope out. You see all of us in here. They're coming down and they'll get a rope out and they'll go, you guys, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna give, throw you a rope and you guys are just gonna come back to shore like that, holding on to the rope. And I thought to myself as they were gonna throw us this rope. That sounds even scarier than getting in the boat to start with. They were gonna toss a rope out to us and we were gonna have to come to the shore in this crazy, raging water. After they had made us watch this tutorial video that says if we go over the falls, we could be paralyzed. And I'm supposed to trust a rope to get me safely to shore. But then I thought, hmm. And for a moment, the rope wasn't what was weighing in on me. I had a friend who was there, and she was just as worried. You see, now it's the two of us, they've done rescued, two of them, and she was worried that they wouldn't get to her in time, that she would go over the falls. And she asked me to help her, to hold on to her. And so I stopped thinking, what if? Oh my goodness. And I just said, you know what? <laughs> We're gonna get through this. The others have already been rescued. We can too. And so, I held on to her until they came to get her. And then, sure enough, that rope was strong enough to get me to shore, even though I was way, way wetter. Soaked through, even with the wetsuit they had made us put on, that I would be like, never again. I say this to say, you know, how many times though has fear prevented us from doing something? I am not big on water to start with. Just getting in the boat, I thought was a huge accomplishment for me. I did not think that I would be going swimming. I did not think that I would basically be involved in a water rescue. But life happens, doesn't it? Things don't always go like we plan, right? We can find ourselves like we do right this day in the midst of uncertainties. But sometimes, if we let fear be in control, we'll be stuck on the rock with the boat on top of us in our own little world, not worried about others, And we can find ourselves staying there. Even when the safety of shore is a rope away. And we see this 
similar example of fear, of worry, in Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read to verse 33. And if you're at home, I encourage you to follow along with us. Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. Matthew 14, starting with verse 22. And it says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat had already made a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. I want to pause there for a moment for us to think about something. Sometimes things in life seem scary because we're looking at it through the wrong lens. It can seem scary when we're not open to the possibilities of what could be. Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus tells them, it's not a ghost, it's Christ. Peter says in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. So it's almost like Peter is testing God. If it's really you, this is really a good thing. If you're Christ walking on the water, tell me to do so. 29. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Now, we're going to finish reading this, but then we're going to go back. And it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sing, crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You of little faith, he said, Why did you doubt. And then they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Why did you doubt? Why did you give in to fear? Fear can keep us trapped on rocks, stuck in a storm, 
even when safety is well within reach. And when we read this passage in Matthew, a lot of times what we talk about is Peter's lack of faith about the fact that fear got the best of him. But I tell you this, during a time like this, Peter's a good one to look to for guidance. You see, Peter understood failure. I mean, if you know his story, you know later on he would even go to, on to deny Christ. He comes from verse 13 of chapter 14, watching Jesus feed 5,000 people. So we see him walking on water. Later, in verse 29. And then in verse 30. He took his focus off of Christ. Began to look at the storm around him. And found that his faith wavered. And so the lesson we can learn from Peter is, first of all, he had enough faith to do something 11 other disciples didn't do. He got out of the boat. He was willing to take a chance into the unknown into uncertainty. He trusted God in the midst of storm. How many of us would have got out of the boat to start with? How many of us would be stuck on a rock until somebody came to save us. During these times, it's important for us to remember that the storms of life may sell around us. They can seem to be coming at us from every direction. we are called to trust in him. To not be afraid. To be willing to walk with the Lord in areas of uncertainty. To dare to trust him completely walking even into the unknown. And to do that, we've got to do a couple of things. We've got to fight against disillusionment. We've got to fight against distractions. And we've got to overcome doubt. Now, 
When I say disillusionment, certain times things can appear to be things they're not. You see, a lot of times it's like the disciples, when they first saw Jesus walking towards him, they thought that he was a ghost. They had spent the whole night on the boat, in the storm, afraid. And now they were convinced that the night was about to get even worse, even more dangerous, because a ghost was coming towards them. Things had gone from bad to worse to worst. They all were probably thinking, surely this was the end. They couldn't see beyond the storm. They couldn't see the peace that awaited. On that rock, when the boat was starting to make it heavy debris, to step out with him into uncertainties, to see the brighter side, the light at the end of the tunnel. When Jesus had got to the boat after him and Peter got there, the disciples said, you really are the Son of God. I find that interesting to note, though. Here we are in Matthew 14. Jesus has been preaching and in ministry. He has been performing miraculous signs and deeds. And they had just watched him, of all things, feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And yet, Not even maybe 10 verses later. That same day, perhaps. That night. They seemed surprised about the kind of power Christ had. They didn't know Christ as well as they had had the opportunity to at that point. And so, in times of fear, knowing Christ is essential to putting our trust in him. It's only through a personal relationship with Christ will we be able to recognize him in the midst of the storm. So are we spending enough time seeking him Spending enough time with him that we know when he is near. And to do that, we may need to defeat things that seek to steal our attention. We may need to defeat distractions that come at us and try to tell us that it is more powerful than our almighty God. You see, Peter leaves the boat 
He steps out of it. Verse 29. When he's commanded to. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Jesus says, come. And Peter steps over the edge of the boat. I want you guys to take a moment in self-reflection. How many of you guys think you would have been that brave? Brave enough to go. To even attempt to walk on water. Where Peter finds trouble is when after he steps out of the boat looking directly at Jesus, he begins to notice the wave moving his hair, maybe moving his clothes, maybe causing the waves to lick at his clothing. And at first, it may not have even faced him as he continued walking towards Jesus. Then maybe the spray was a little too high. Maybe some water hit him right in the eye. And he stops walking. And looks around. And finds himself without even the safety of a boat anymore, in the midst of a storm. What in the world was he going to do? You see, Peter shifted his focus from the source of power, of peace, to the problems that were around him. And when he did, those problems began to come up around him. And we can be finding ourselves in that same thing. Sometimes we can find ourselves so concentrated on the problems that we face that we are legit feeling like we are sinking and going under water. Just like Peter was, he started to sink when he got distracted from Jesus. We too can lose peace. We can lose our source of power. Power that comes from Christ when we allow distractions in. And here's the thing about distractions. They can come in different forms. We may recognize obvious distractions. For Peter, some obvious distractions Probably the thunder, the lightning, the wind as it moved his hair, the waves. He was legit in the midst of a storm. Have you ever sat there and watched the rain pour down? We've had a lot of rain here recently. And I remember just sitting in the car waiting for it to let up. And sometimes it's so loud. It seems so powerful that you wonder if it's ever going to stop. It can be a source of distraction. 
And when things look like they are going to overtake us, we lose sight and focus on Jesus. You see, when I was here, like I said, what was keeping me glued to that rock for a little bit was that video presentation they made us watch about the safeties of whitewater rafting, where if for the unlikely, and that's exactly how they phrased it, for the unlikely incident that you were to fall out of the boat, here are some precautions you should take to make sure that you do not end up paralyzed or break your neck. I was like, okay. So those were at first were all that was bombarding me, those images of what in the world could actually go wrong. The what ifs. And right now we are living in a time of what ifs, right? And we can allow the what ifs to distract us. 1 John 4, 4. First John 4, 4 says, The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Whatever storms the world may have going on, the one who's in us, our source, our power, our strength comes from him, and the one who is in us with all of that is greater than whatever the world has. Look over at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 41. 51. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he was determined to journey to Jerusalem. You see, Jesus was resolute. He knew the time of the cross was coming. And he didn't allow distractions. He was ready for the cross. Think of the things we could accomplish when we do not allow the world to distract us from fully trusting in the Lord. How different would Matthew 14 look if Peter didn't get distracted by the wind and the waves? Would we later see Peter denying Christ? But, just like us, Peter's human. We can all be distracted. The world is moving at such a fast pace that sometimes we may not even be able to tune it all out. And so, beyond just being able to recognize and minimize distractions, we need to be able to overcome doubt 
see, Matthew 14, the disciples end by saying, surely he is the son of God. Their eyes were open to the power of Christ. They were seeing him, maybe, in a different light than they ever had before, regardless of whatever miracles they had observed. What's interesting to note is that if you look back at Matthew chapter 8, we see this is not the first time Jesus and the disciples have had a boat involved in an opportunity of which Jesus was able to give them a lesson. They were on a boat and the storm comes up. And they think, surely they are going to die. This time, Jesus is not on shore walking towards them. He's actually on the boat. Doing something that puzzles and distresses the disciples, maybe as much as him walking on water would later. He was asleep. Asleep in the boat. And they wake him up. Verse 25 of chapter 8. They went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Surely you care. <laughs> Here's what I want us to look at. He says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. We see 827 says this, though. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. But we see them learning. Look back, Matthew 14. In verse 33 of Matthew 14, they at least learned something by then. Matthew 8, they didn't quite understand how Jesus had that power. But in Matthew 14, verse 33, it says, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This all started to make sense to them. They were learning about Jesus while being in his presence. They were learning to see who he really was, how powerful he is, and how powerful God is. And so how can we, in times of uncertainty, in times of storm, be able to trust in him? To see him in all his might and glory. You see, like the disciple would allow distractions, we too do. Sometimes we think we need to rely on ourselves. Sometimes we only turn to Jesus as a last result. 
Sometimes we think of him as a superman who's going to swoop in and save the day just in the nick of time. And sometimes when that's not what happens, doubt, fear, worry creeps in. It overcomes us. When bad things happen, when we find ourselves in the boat, we can be just as puzzled as the disciples, wondering why in the world it seems that Jesus is sleeping through all the troubles. But I want us to take a different look. I mean, we knew the plan for Christ. Do you really think that the boat was going to go down with Jesus in it? No. Jesus has a plan. God has a plan for our lives. Just because it doesn't go the way we think doesn't mean that he isn't present, that he doesn't care, and that he is not able to help us overcome. The problem is, is that we tend to see him as our final result. We don't seek him and turn to him every day. Mark 11. Starting with verse 22 says, Mark 11, verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, throw yourself into the sea, and it does not, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. If you ask, then that, if you believe without doubt, if you don't allow the wind and the waves that may find themselves looking at your garments to get to you, then what you ask for will be given. Or what you truly need will be what you has provided to you. You see, our life is built on Jesus and him alone. When we realize that all we need is Christ and to trust in him, we will find ourselves able to stand strong amidst the storms of life. We will find ourselves willing to step out into the uncertainty because we know that we are walking with him and we will go where he follows. We will find peace in times of turmoil. When we seek him, seek to know him personally, to stay focused on him and to trust in him, then we will be able to walk with the Lord.
Some people call the decision to follow in Christ like a leap of faith, like jumping off a cliff. Are you standing at a ledge? Afraid of the unknown? Afraid of the uncertainty? Are you, Peter, willing to give it a try to trust in the Lord? Or are you like the other disciples, waiting it out in the boat? During this time of trouble, those who believe in the Lord have a unique opportunity to be used, however the Lord will use them. The question comes down to trust. Do you trust him enough to guide you? Do you trust him enough to be faithful in the uncertainty? It's not a matter of trusting him enough, as some of the kids in the videos are doing, seeing something very disturbing, licking toilets. It's a matter of trusting him to place you where he needs you. For instance, many of you, all of you, are joining us remotely through video. And yet we are all gathered here today. We have been placed here. It's an opportunity for worship, for trust. And so we're going to close in prayer. And again, if there's anyone watching who has a prayer concern that they would like us to lift up, please feel free to share it in the comments. Let's pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this day. We thank you for Jesus. You can calm the winds, the storms of the life, our lives with his words. And we just pray we might hear his voice speak into our hearts, speak into our lives. We pray for peace, for calmness, and we pray for trust, Lord, that we might be willing to put our wholehearted trust in you. To stay faithful in times of uncertainty. To stay faithful even as the winds and the waves seem to nip around our ankles. with each and every one that is watching this, Lord, and each and every one of your people, all of your children. And we just ask, Lord, if there are those who may not know you, who have never experienced your peace and trust, that you be speaking to their hearts at this time, that they might 
like we all repent of our sins, confess that we fall short daily, that we need you, that we need Jesus in our lives, that we need forgiveness for the times where fear and doubt overcome and lead us to sin. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask that you help us to be faithful. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to thank everybody that joined us. Uh, see Raymond Morris watching from Dallas, San Station Army Thrift Store in Portland, Oregon. Greetings. Um, thank you, everybody who joined us and watched. And if you missed any of it, we will be available um, shortly on our Facebook page here, as well as on our YouTube channel. Um, and for youth, join us again on Wednesday night, where we'll have Christ in Crafts. And tune in, of course, next week, same location, for our next week's morning service. Be blessed.